Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're going to fly, we fly like eagles. morning. Good morning. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Have you noticed all the Valentine displays? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I needed a, uh, a baby gate <clears throat> or a pet gate, depending on which kind of small creature you're trying to prohibit from going up or down your stairs. Uh, and so I popped into a big box retailer yesterday afternoon and wow, wow. It's like, it's like a love explosion when you walk in there, right? I mean, the Valentine displays, they're right there. Hearts, candy, flowers. I frankly didn't know that stuffed animals had become such a big part of Valentine's Day, but apparently, based on yesterday's display, everyone is getting a full life-size, um, potentially a flamingo, um, potentially a um, a warthog. Uh, I'm telling you, the stuffed animal uh, array out there for Valentine's Day it's it's not just enormous in terms of the scope and scale. The the stuffed animals themselves are enormous. So let me just go on record as saying I don't want one of those. I I don't I don't want one of those. Are these really signs of love? Are these really signs of love? <clears throat> Do you remember the uh, the the box the the heart shaped box of candy? Russell Stover. I just feel like you know was like first on first on that game. Well now I mean that heart shaped box is not necessarily candy, and it's certainly not necessarily um, designed to be given by a person who is in love, in the kind of love, with a person who you might think of as, you know, like, monogamously married to. Valentine's Day, man, it has taken on some weirdness, if you have been out there lately to (laughs) to see. Uh, Remember those little Valentines we used to write to each other and uh, pass around in class? Well, now, uh, you know, that's that has taken on a whole... Um, different kind of, uh, I'm going to use the word aura carefully here. Um, that, that also, I mean, if you, if you just, you should just go sometime and look at the Valentines that are being produced for kids to give to each other in school. Yeah, man, it's, there's some, mm, it, it has taken on a completely different, um, personality. I don't know. I don't even know what the word is. Yeah, it's different. Let me just say it's really different. So, i just going to ask you today, are those signs of love? Are those signs of real love? There are th- those hearts, candy, flowers, stuffed animals. They're certainly like signs of the cultural language of love today. But are they signs of genuine love? So in the month of February, we're going to be talking a lot about love. We're going to be talking about the love of God. It is available to you right now. God's love is actually fixed upon you. And as Christians, um, you know, we are the ambassadors of, of that love. We're the agents of that grace. We're the ministers of that reconciling love. So today, our Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from the love chapter. That's right, 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to look at verses 4 and 5 today. Um, you know, when we think about ourselves as 
people who are supposed to be not just demonstrating the love of God for the world, but actually like physically being the love of God to the world. Like we are the Valentines God sends. So are we the sweet savor of the Lord? First Corinthians 13, four and five, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love's not irritable. Love keeps no record of being wronged. Does that sound like you and me? Does that sound like us? In John chapter 13, this is just before, um, you know, the Passover. This is just before um, Jesus is going to be taken by force. Um, stripped of his outer garments, flogged for um, sins he did not commit, then nailed to a cross. So this is the evening meal. It's in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas. That's the way John frames it here. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power, and he had come from God, and he was returning to God, and that's when he got up from the meal, and he took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, I know you don't realize what I'm doing for you now, but later you're going to understand. And Peter said, no, 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 you, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. And so... Simon Peter says, well, then, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus, I imagine, with uh, quite a smile on his face, they said, Peter, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Your whole body is clean. You're clean. But not every one of you, because Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. He finished washing their feet, and he put on his clothes, and he returned to his place. And he says, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and, and that's right. That's what I am. Now, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who has sent me. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I'm wondering if this month, maybe we consider the foot instead of the heart. Maybe we consider a basin of water instead of a, ve- instead of a vase. Maybe we consider a towel instead of a paper valentine. Maybe we consider the message of love that God is sending in sacrificial service through us that others might come to actually savor the sweetness of the love of Christ. Now, you and I both know that um, this campaign season, this U.S. presidential cycle um, is, it's not all about one issue, but there is certainly one candidate making one issue the issue, and that issue is abortion. It has become the centerpiece of of one of the candidates' campaigns. The primary promise being made is about abortion, greater access, no questions asked, legal and free everywhere. And so I want to talk about everywhere. Because in a post-Roe world, abortions um, have actually risen to an average of 88,000 every month in the United States. 
More than a million women, year over year over year over year over year, more than a million women are terminating the lives of their own children. And that has consequences. Yes, it has consequences for those lives that are lost, but it has consequences um, for the women, for those facilitating the abortions, um, for those performing them. And so we're going to talk with Kay Kiefer. She's a daily listener to Mornings with Carmen. She's one of us. And she also represents tens of millions of women in America who live every day with the consequences of abortion. They are everywhere. And that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Kay Kiefer is a friend. She is um, alongside you, a conversation partner uh, here on Mornings with Carmen every single day. Good morning, Kay. Good morning, Carmen. How are the llamas? You know, they are in just don't quite know what to do because we haven't quite had real winter up here. They're like, they're like, I want to go to Tennessee where there's snow. That's what they're thinking. (laughs) Well, actually, llamas do not like walking in the mud and it's kind of muddy. So they're, they're a little, they're a little irritated right now. Are they? Yeah. Are they kind of like, like I imagine the llama being a little fussy and that sounds a little fussy. (laughs) Yeah. That's, it's definitely fussy. <laughs> but, so, you know, Car- Carmen, if my husband shows up with an extra large stuffed warthog for Valentine's Day, I don't think I'm going to consider it an expression of love. I'm telling you, it was weird. It was weird. The stuff, the giant stuffed animals, it's not like they're regular animals. They're like weird animals. I mean, like, even who wants a flamingo? It, imagine right. how stiff the neck of the, fl- of the stuffed flamingo has to be in order for it to still look like a flamingo. So I'm telling you, it's not like a cozy stuffed flamingo. Anyway, yeah, there's no snuggling up next to that. I, I don't know. Um, Kay, let's, um, let's talk about why you're here today, which, you know, you and I could just have coffee and talk about joyful topics. And this is one, although on the surface of it, it may not appear that way initially. What is or who are we are everyone? Um, we are, um, the women that are around you every day. We're in your neighborhoods. We're at your workplaces. We go to your churches and we're even in your families. And, uh, this particular group of, we is our women who have experienced past abortion and you, those of you in our neighborhoods and our workplaces and our churches and our families may never know it because on the surface, uh, we don't let it show. Uh, we may have never told anyone, and we may keep it a very deep secret. Which um, is personally painful, but also isolating. Um, oh. And I imagine, and I imagine that there are times when people around you are talking as if no one they know, no one, uh, no one in the conversation has ever had an abortion. Can you can you address the the sort of unseenness, the isolation um, that a woman who has had an abortion maybe a very long time ago um, and hasn't even if she told someone then she's it's not a it's not a part of like what she's leading with today. Um, Could you just talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And I I think before I um, dive right into that, I think 
for you and you know every, everybody listening, I think we need to you know first of all acknowledge the fact that um, the place that the enemy wants us is isolated. He wants mm. us isolated and afraid um, mm. because if he can keep us isolated from other Christians, if he can have us keeping our secrets deep down inside of us, if he can keep us in fear, uh, he he is effectively destroying us. So, you know, understand, first of all, that that is where Satan wants us. He wants us isolated, alone and afraid. Mm. And. You know, I guess I can kind of use my own life story a little bit to to explain this isolation to you. I was 19 years old when I had my abortion. And in the years that followed that, I kind of cleaned up my act, if you will. I, you know, I got married to a wonderful man. Uh, we started our life. We had children. We were in church. Um, and so, of course, I, you know, you know, we always we go to church on Sunday mornings and we put our our best church face on. We don't necessarily walk in airing our dirty laundry and we want to look great. We want to fit in. We want to appear to um, be the same as everybody else. Uh, But particularly, I would say in Protestant churches, abortion is really spoken of. You know, a lot of other um, grievous things are spoken of from the pulpit um, I mean, sex trafficking, um, the whole issues around gender identity and sexual orientation, but abortion really is not spoken of very often. And so that in and of itself can create this mindset that there is something very taboo about abortion. And so for the woman who has experienced it, um, or the person who's been otherwise involved in the abortion industry itself, um, that kind of signals you can't talk about that here. And mm. then in most church settings also, like, who's safe to talk to? So that's how I was. I, I, I looked around me and, and it's like nobody else has done what I did. And so that, that, that made me more... Um, deeply invested in in keeping that secret, in being isolated, and and also being very fearful that somebody was ever going to find out. Okay, um, we're going to take a very brief break. When we come back, um, I, I would I would appreciate if you would take us back to your nineteen year old reality, um, because I do think that for people who imagine that they don't know someone who has had an abortion. Um, you and I know they're just wrong. They they yes. just don't know that they don't know. And yes. so um, if you would take us back, um, because I learned, um, I have learned so much from you simply by you telling your story. Um, it has helped me to understand um, what others have experienced as well, even, even though every... Um, Every experience of this is utterly unique, and that's the other thing that I've learned along the way in conversation with you. So we're talking with Kay Kiefer. You can find her and resources um, related to this topic at weareeverywhere.life, weareeverywhere.life. If you want me to send you the direct link, just text me, 877-933-2484. I want to say, if you, um, if you are a woman who has never found a space and place to tell your story. Um, there are women everywhere who stand ready 
to come alongside you, to hear you, to love you, and to walk with you um, into the mercy and grace um, that God offers um, on this side of abortion. And so we want you to have access to other other people and um, tremendous resources. There are lots of ministries engaged in this. And so we are everywhere.life, the resource page. It's just is, is an abundant gift in and of itself. But the stories of women uh, posted at We Are Everywhere are a gift as well. So we are everywhere.life. More with Kay Kiefer here on Mornings with Carmen in just a moment. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. Kay Kiefer is with us. Uh, we are everywhere.life. We are everywhere.life. Um, Kay, um, there is uh, a sweet friend in Connecticut on the text line right now um, confessing. I had an abortion. It was a domestic violence relationship. I've confessed, but I still feel the chains of it. Oh. You're not alone. You're not. No. We want you to know you're not alone. So, Kay, um, take us back to your 19-year-old reality. Sure. Uh, so, when I was 19, I, I had been raised in the in the church, like going to church and knowing what all the rules, if you will, uh, were, um, but I wasn't, I wasn't living, I wasn't following Christ. I, I, I was doing things my own way. And, um, all of a sudden one day, uh, discovered that I was pregnant and, uh, honestly, I just, I went into uh, damage control mode. I just, the only thing I could think of was I have to fix this problem. Like I have to fix this problem. I can't let anybody know. And so in my mind, the, the way to fix this problem was to get rid of the pregnancy, to end the pregnancy. And, you know, I mentioned in the first segment uh, about the enemy of our souls, Satan. And um, I think in those moments of panic for women, when they discover they're pregnant and this either it's just, it's a horrible time. It's the wrong person as the father of the baby. It's whatever the situation is. Um, there is this just overwhelming um, urge, desire, compulsion, if you will, to rid yourself of this. And when I say that, I am not at all trying to minimize my responsibility because I am the one who walked through the doors of that abortion facility. It was me. Nobody forced me. Um, but, you know, Satan sees our weaknesses and um, definitely plays on them. And I, I just, I needed to, I needed to push the reset button on my life. Um, it was like, I thought that if I went ahead and did this thing, I could somehow, um, I could somehow be 
who I was before. And, and, but I didn't realize that once I did that thing, I could never say that I hadn't been pregnant. Um, Mm. And even though I thought nobody else would have to know the thing I didn't, uh, the thing I didn't know was that I could never forget and that God knew full well what I had done. It, it just, um, so I, I walked in to that place that day. It was on a cold day in early January and I walked out a different person. Um, I walked out, um, and it was, took me many years later, but I, I walked out and I realized at some point, um, that I was fully capable of, of murder, of, mm. of putting myself above anything and anybody else, like supreme selfishness. Mm. So. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for being so vulnerable um, and so willing to let us see you. Because I think that um, in seeing you, we start to see, in some cases, ourselves Um, but in other cases, others who have been um, walking in um, a a guilt, um, a grief, um, chains for a long time. Um, You you actually know that bringing all of this forward to the Lord and um, bringing this forward in in conversation with others is liberating. Can you talk about the ministry um, by, with, and for um, women who have walked as you have walked into um, into an abortion clinic, but are now walking um, with the Lord? And this is a real ministry, and it's it's critical that it find its way into more and more churches. Oh, it's so critical, Carmen. Um, I would say that if there was one word that characterized my life for several decades, it would be the word fear. And you know, there's that amazing song out, Fear, He is a Liar. Um, Mm. That just so resonates with me because I, um, I was so fearful. I was fearful that God would never forgive me. I was so fearful that Um, people would find out and that then um, relationships would be severed. I I almost had this, I almost had this sense that the world would literally stop spinning on its axis. If my family and friends found out, I was Mm. so fearful of that. And honestly um, it wasn't until I was sitting across from a Christian counselor um, who kept picking at this abortion. And I kept telling her, it's fine. It's fine. It's in the past. I don't need to talk about that. And she sat back in her chair one day and she looked at, looked me straight in the eyes. And, um, she said a few words to me that I know were straight from God. That hasn't happened to me very often, but she looked at me and she said, Kay, I think the power that Satan has over you with this abortion is the fact that it is a secret. Mm. Those words struck absolute terror into my heart because I knew that if my abortion was no longer a secret, I was going to have to go back and tell my parents. (laughs) I was going to have to tell my children um, and people would know, people would know my deepest, deepest 
darkest, slimiest secret. They would know who I was. And it terrified me. But I, I knew that God was asking me to do that. And so I couldn't, I couldn't figure out, honestly, how to go on without doing what God was asking me to do. Because when you, when you believe that the God of the universe is asking you to do something, how do you say no? Mm. So I did that. I did that thing. I told my parents. I told my children. And it is obviously now my story is very open and I will tell it to anybody who wants to hear it. Um, and honestly, you could almost hear the noise, the clang of the chains breaking and falling off of my spirit and my life. Um, it, it, it's an incredible freedom. Um, um, but it also like really testifies to the fear that the enemy places in our in our lives um, and the falsehood that he's saying that if people know they will hate you, they will not love you. You will be cast out. That is, um, um, that is the lie that we, we want to confront and we want to offer women um, everywhere the opportunity to, Engage, um, and so I invite you to weareeverywhere.life. Um, there, there's a recent blog there called Sticks and Stones that we don't have time to totally unpack, but um, but I want to just encourage you to read what's posted and access the resources that um, are listed there, and reach out to Kay. Um, Do please, we, yes, yeah, right. I mean, we want we want you to know that you're not alone. Um, that the abortion that you experienced in the past um, does not have to define the rest of your life, um, and it doesn't have to continue to bind you in chains. You you can be free. You you can be free. God God is big enough and great enough and good enough to forgive you. In fact, He already has. So we want to invite you to um, to live into that. And pastors or pastors' wives, if you're listening right now, like please discover the opportunity to minister um, here to the women in your church, to the women in your church, because we are everywhere. Um, and so um, we are everywhere. Life. Uh, wanna, and then Kay, I want to give you the last word. I, the, the thought just came to my mind, Carmen, that or the one word that I want to speak out this morning is that if you are out there listening today and you are a woman who has not had one abortion, but you've had two or four or five abortions or more, this truth is also for you. Mm. There are many, many, many women who have multiple abortions and um, they feel that their sin of multiple abortions is far worse than my sin of one abortion. And I want you out there right now who are listening and have that experience of multiple abortions to understand God loves you. He does not want you in that place of isolation and secrecy and shame and fear. He wants you to live life free and abundantly. That promise is for you as well. Amen. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you, Carmen. Yeah. Love you. I love you. Um, I don't know. Snuggle, snuggle a llama today for me. 
I will do that. I know. I know. Those awkward creatures, but they're so cute. That's Kay Kiefer. You can find her at We Are Everywhere. Dot life. Um, I did mention um, yesterday, or maybe the day prior, um, that there were pro-life protesters um, who were on trial in federal court um, for charges related to the FACE Act. Um, they were found guilty on all charges. They now face uh, more than a decade in federal prison. Um, they haven't been sentenced, and so certainly we're going to be praying um, toward a righteous end to this. I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but um, I want you to be praying today for um, for those sisters and brothers in Christ who, you know, we're seeking to stand peacefully um, and draw attention to and give a voice to the voiceless, to the preborn, um, and uh, are now facing the prospect of spending the next decade of their lives um, behind bars. So. Um, a lot to talk about there. Uh, next up, Kathy Branzell is going to join us from the National Day of Prayer Task Force, um, and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about love, and we're going to talk about love, um, real love, in the midst of this uh, month saturated with uh, with a relational focus that might be not quite God's love. That's up next. Real mornings with Carmen. Kathy Branzell is back from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. You should be checking out what's happening at nationaldayofprayer.org. The National Day of Prayer is quickly approaching. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, friend. How are you? I'm I am well. I am well. When is it? What's happening? How can we get involved? It's 90 days away. What? <laughs> I can't what? believe it. I know. <laughs> I'm talking about how fast life goes by. can't believe. Here we are, February 1st, wow. 90 days away from National Day of Prayer. We are so excited. Our 18,477 coordinators across the U.S. are busy wow. preparing for these prayer gatherings um, in cities all across the nation. And uh, of course, we'll have our uh, international broadcast that evening that goes not just across the United States, but around the world, bringing us together to pray, to pray together, to pray in agreement, to pray for neighbor and nation. And so lots going on. But we remember we pray every day. We pray continually. And boy, February always brings so so many opportunities to pray. So excited to be here with you today to talk about it. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that you're here. Um, love is a messy business. <clears throat> and um, and there's such a just grave misunderstanding um, right. about love. And when we start talking about the love of God, when we start talking about the love of neighbor, um, when we start talking, uh, you know, the culture would very, very, very much like to just saturate it all with um with hearts and candy um Great. talk with us about love um and kind of the way you're thinking about it and the way you're framing it it, it yeah. just yeah that'd be great <laughs> Yeah, um February can be such a painful time for so many people right mm. it's like uh even for me personally with 
um, going through Thanksgiving and Christmas for the first time without my mom this year, right? We we mm. um, sometimes forget what everybody else might be experiencing in these calendar moments. You know, I don't know how painful Groundhog Day might be tomorrow. <laughs> we are, I'm praying for springtime, but but when you start talking about Valentine's Day, um, there's a tenderness uh, that occurs because. Uh, there are so many people looking for love and who don't feel loved. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're even lonely. They, they may feel like they live with someone, are married to someone, have raised someone uh, that doesn't love them. And so we come into February praying for the um, sphere of influence of family mm. with great tenderness, with great compassion pointing first and foremost to the love of our heavenly father um not even not even close to compare god with our earthly fathers who may have abandoned disappointed uh, uh, might have been swell but um but coming into it with this ephesians 3 um 14 15 uh, t- mindset of uh, where where Paul is praying for the Ephesians and he says for this reason I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name and so remembering that we always belong to the family of God that that our heavenly father is where um, we've derived our family name and then it goes on we'll keep talking about the way he loves us, the depth of his love and to live that love and to love others in that love and to receive the love of others through the filter of his love. I love that. Um, or I appreciate that. Maybe I'm supposed to be saying that I, I overuse the term love. Um, so I, I appreciate you lifting up um, the concern of families um, and so if you're listening right now, I just want you to just draw, draw your family into your mind's eye. Um, yeah. who constitutes, who constitutes family for you? Um, who does that mean? I mean, I, um, I have a forged family. You guys all know that. Um, they're all mine now is the way I describe it. Um, yep. but when I, when I think of family, um, I think of the people who from time to time, lived with us when I was a child and a teenager as my parents extended, you know, that extra room in our home to people who needed um, a family from time to time. I'm wondering, um, you know, as you consider family, who, who is in that circle mm-hmm. and is each and every person in your family kneeling before the father? Yeah. Um, Kathy, there are so many who have members of their family Grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, siblings, Mm -hmm. spouses, children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews who are not kneeling before the Father. Can you just address that? Yeah, Um, I think that's uh, maybe even the most painful thing. Uh, I I also know there's many of you out there that are praying for a spouse, Mm -hmm. children, for that father you've never met to come ring your doorbell, um, that mom to come home, 
And so hear this with great tenderness. And for those who um, have members of their family who don't know Jesus or who have walked away, keep praying. Know that the, that the Spirit is convicting and drawing them continually. God doesn't give up on anyone, and He desires all to come to repentance, that none may perish. For those of you who might be that person, and uh, you're saying, well, you just don't know what I've done. Like, I have sinned my way through life. Like, I am a nasty, dirty, shame-filled person that no heavenly, holy Father would ever want. That is a lie. That is a lie. You are being deceived um, by the enemy, and you can't outsend Jesus's forgiveness. And He's just waiting to hear your voice. He's just waiting for you to cry out and to say, "I'm sorry. Cleanse me. I need you." And if you're thinking my family doesn't want me at home, they don't care where I am. That is a lie. They want to know that you're okay. They want you to know the love of Jesus and to know their love again and to come back into the purposes and the life, the abundant life that God created for you. And whatever your desire is, um, don't stop praying because you're, you're uniting your heart, uniting your heart with, um, with the plans, with the purposes, with the desires of God's heart. He hasn't stopped loving you. Are you aware of the love of God for you today as your heavenly father? Are you aware that um, he's waiting right now for you to turn toward home? Are you aware that he's longing? He's longing for you to be reconciled to him. And he has done everything necessary to accomplish that. All, all you have to do um, is turn and receive it. But you do have to turn and receive it. Make yourself open, open yourself to a restored relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son by the power of his Holy Spirit. Right now, waiting for you to come home. We're going to continue our conversation with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force in just a moment. Um, Friday, tomorrow is Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to live my life on repeat like in the movie. I don't want to be stuck in a rut or a routine or a habit that controls me. Um, I want to be walking in the freedom of newness of life. How about you? Um, let's walk out of the shadows and into the light of the love of Christ. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. Hey, Faith Radio is celebrating 75 years of bringing faith to life. That's right. We are 75 this year. So to celebrate, we are giving away 75 Faith Radio birthday boxes packed with all kinds of fun things to help you grow in your walk of faith. And yes, celebrate with us. So we're going to be celebrating the birth and growth and future of Faith Radio all year long. And you are an integral part of the Faith Radio family, and so we want to send you a gift. How fun is that? This is our birthday song. It isn't very long. So to enter to win a Faith Radio birthday box today, come to MyFaithRadio.com.
We're continuing our conversation with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. What's on your prayer list uh, today or who is on your prayer list? How are you feeling led to pray for particular Christians? How are you feeling led to pray for particular people in um, in your life? How are you feeling led to pray? And then are you responding to that by kneeling before the Father and actually praying? So, Kathy, let's talk a little bit about some practical prayer, um, if you're sort of willing to uh, to jump in here with me. I have been um, feeling led to pray for one particular person serving in an elected position, um, mm-hmm. and I've also been feeling led to pray for um, particular um, people in elected positions who are not Christians. So this one person who I feel compelled to pray for is is a is a Christian, and I I happen to know that, and I mean like on a personal level. But these yep. others, like I feel very compelled to pray. You know, and so can you just talk with us a little bit about, I don't know, practically praying when we feel led to pray, like yeah. practically just being disciplined enough to do that? Um, so <laughs> you have the privilege of knowing this person and knowing that they're saved and maybe knowing something about them. Um, but remember, you don't need to pray to God in the King James Version. Right. It doesn't need to sound glorious and and deep and and uh, lots with all this uh, theologian uh, information behind you. Um, maybe pray for somebody like you'd want someone to pray for you. Mm. Uh, you know, you can there's lots of information about people out there. So we've always encouraged people um, to find out, are, are they married? You know, what's their spouse's name? How many children did they have? Are they not married? Uh, what what uh, committees are they on? Uh, where did they grow up? And to to pray for their families, to pray for their marriages, to pray for their staff, that nothing is done in darkness, that there's not something going on in their office, uh, that there's not someone in their office uh, that's, that's feeding them an agenda, that's feeding them wrong information. Um, but just on a very practical level, we can even go back to our previous conversation about love here and um, and pray that they, going back to Ephesians 3, that they are rooted and established in the love of Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, when you're rooted, when a plant is rooted, whatever's in the soil, whatever's in the water that's, um, it's, that's feeding it, uh, it, it will it'll manifest in the plant in the fruit and so you can pray pure fruit holy fruit um but just on a very practical level pray for people's finances pray especially for people's faith pray that they aren't discouraged pray that there will be no false witness against them um you know and that this just talking about the government realm mm. And, and things you hear on the news, you know, pray through it. Don't judge, pray through it. And uh, but my best so advice, oh, yeah, pray, pray for someone as you would have someone pray for you. I, um, I just, I mean, I'm just going to write that one sentence down. I'm going to pray for them as I would want them to be praying for me. Um, and I do think that this just sort of falls into the pray the news category. When I hear... Um, mm-hmm. them referred to or quoted 
I'm just going to mm-hmm. take that as a nudge. I'm going to be like, all right, well, they're clearly back in the news because God wants me to be praying for them, <laughs> like right, nudging right. me. Um, and I think the encouragement to pray for, you know, if they're married, their spouse, um, if they're a parent or grandparent, their children and their grandchildren, because all of those people do fall under the shadow, um, mm-hmm. particularly in a social media saturated world. Um, and so... Yeah, and I think that guarding their heart and their mind and their relationships and um, what's going on in their offices and the people um, who serve on their staffs, that everybody would be rooted and established in the love of Christ, that um, there would be a, a, a purity of um, of motive in terms of what they're doing, um, and that, yeah, no false witnesses would rise up against them, or that when they do, they would not find a hearing or a foothold. Like, I think all of those are good such good reminders, practical ways for us to be um, praying today for people that um, God nudges us to pray for, um, particularly those who are seeking to serve us in positions of government. Um, Kathy, uh, what a what a joy and a blessing to get to talk with you again today. I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, as you walk through this month, um, uh, just pray for those around you. Pray uh, for those that you know are desiring to have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse uh, that have had a desire to have children and don't, um, for those who have gone through a nasty break breakup or divorce this year, um, pray for people and their relationships. Uh, pray first and foremost for their relationship with Jesus Christ, that they would um, know that his love would dwell in their hearts through faith and that being rooted and established in his love, that they would have power um, to know how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And I pray that for all of you listening today. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. We uh, we love our time with you. We are with you in the 90-day countdown to the National Day of Prayer. If you guys are not already connected in with a National Day of Prayer event in your own community, please get connected, nationaldayofprayer.org. Um, Andrew has asked a great question, as Andrew always does, um, on the text line this morning. So good morning, Andrew. Um, this is a question about um, who to whom uh, we're praying. And so, um, Andrew, I will just tell you my practice. I pray to the Father as Jesus taught us, um, but you can talk to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Um, you are meant to be in a moment-by-moment conversation to for your life to be a life of prayer. Um, the Apostle Paul talks about um, praying without ceasing, which means that you are in a constant conversation with God, whether you sort of recognize that or not. And and all you have to do as a Christian to enter into prayer is intentionally turn your attention to the God whose attention is always trained on you. So prayer doesn't have to be some formal exercise. Um, when you just cry out to God by any of his names, um, and God has lots of names revealed in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. So it, you can cry out to God by all of those names. In the moment that you need um you need to feel seen by him, then you call out to the God who sees. Um, When you need to be um, comforted, then you call out to the God of all comfort. When you need to be counseled, you call out to God who is the wonderful counselor. And 
Um, he is the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. You can cry out to God. You can pray to God by any of his names revealed in Scripture. It's a um, wonderful way to broaden and deepen your experience with God as you walk and talk with him every day about everything. So um, we've got another hour together next here on Mornings with Carmen. And so why don't you lift up a prayer to the Lord your God, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by any name. And we'll be right back together in just a moment. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.